Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. As we end a fairly memorable and somewhat harrowing 2021 and head into the new year, perhaps more questions than answers for the economies across the region that are hoping they can actually re-embark on this reopening that was thwarted earlier this year by the rise of new strains of the COVID-19 coronavirus. Well, today on Across the ASEAN, we're pleased to be joined by Mr. James Cho, who's the Chief Investment Officer for Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. James, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome back to the show, sir. I hope you're gearing up for an exciting and perhaps memorable year ahead. Yes, indeed. Thank you for having me on the show. Some might describe 2021 as a bit of an anticlimactic year for Southeast Asia. There were high hope fizzle out with the emergence of that Delta variant of uh, the COVID-19 virus that really saw economies from uh, Thailand to Indonesia shut down for big periods of time and also hampering some of the efforts here in Singapore. The year ahead, though, sees questions raised by the new Omicron variant. Could we be in for more uncertainty and potential volatility for a region that's desperate to normalize and reopen? Uh, well, I think if you take a step back and if you look at Southeast Asia, I think Southeast Asia has uh, sort of struggled 2021. But looking into 2022, yes, the Omicron variant can be concerning, but I think the, the world as a whole, and especially Southeast Asia, should be able to adapt to this new variant. And of course, with vaccination rates that have accelerated in recent months, we think that the base case would still be one of a gradual reopening. But of course, in, in the next few weeks and months, there will be a uncertainty. But by and large, we still think that 2022 will be a year in which Southeast Asia will grow faster than 2021 as a whole. Indeed. Now, on top of that, we're also watching out for these persistent inflationary pressures on rising commodity prices, continued supply chain bottlenecks as well. Um, Is this going to be as crucial a factor also for markets and corporate earnings, for instance, across Southeast Asia? Of course, with these margins also very sensitive to these rising input prices. Is this something that perhaps you're going to be monitoring in the year ahead when you take a closer look at Southeast Asia? Markets. Uh, when you look at Southeast Asian markets, some Southeast Asian markets would actually benefit from higher commodity prices, uh, namely Indonesia and Malaysia. But of course, supply bottlenecks is going to be an issue, create uncertainty and a higher cost uh, for corporations across Southeast Asia and of course across the world. But I think if you look further ahead, we do expect a normalization to occur. That would mean that supply bottlenecks should actually ease. And if that happens, perhaps in the next few months, that would actually be positive for Southeast Asian corporate for 2022. Indeed. Whenever we talk about inflation, we have to talk about monetary policy, particularly how some of the major central banks might react to this. And of course, it's very important to watch for this region that's very sensitive also to these rate movements, James. We're noticing a divergence, it seems, between U.S. Federal Reserve that's preparing to be more hawkish next year with multiple rate hikes. On the other hand, you have the PBOC saying, hey, we're ready to loosen the purse strings to try and support this economy that's showing signs of slowing down. And really, for the last three years, we've seen these two major central central banks occupy different positions or opposing ends of spectrum with monetary policy. Now, this divergence, though, is this going to matter for markets across Southeast Asia, which have been proven, as we mentioned, to be rather sensitive to broad rate trends, James? Well, I think it depends. Southeast Asia as a whole and as a market, some countries are more connected to the US, some are more connected to China. I think ultimately what's going to happen is that each country in Southeast Asia will go very gingerly in terms of their monetary policy 
process. And of course, the uncertainty associated with Omicron, that's going to be the big wild card. But I think by and large, I think at least for the half of this year, Asian, Southeast Asian countries will be on a wait and see mode. And of course, if inflation still persists, you might expect some Southeast Asia countries to actually raise rates from already very low base rates. So that would likely be the monetary policy stance for most of the Southeast Asian countries that are of interest. And so if uh, we do start to see rising rate pressures from Southeast Asian central banks, will it be more because of inflation hitting them or more of them just really keeping pace with, say, perhaps tightness from the Federal Reserve? What do you think is going to be the bigger impetus, at least, for potentially tighter policy if central banks here decide to do so? Well, I think the impetus would largely be around their own economy, whether the inflationary pressures are building up. Uh, Currently, if you compare it globally, Southeast Asia's inflation situation is still not as high compared to some of countries in the West. So they have scope to actually be on hold for a while, but they would actually have to increase interest rates as growth picks if inflation doesn't come down. And of course, they will have to move uh, very gingerly because they have to interpret all these interest rate increase in the context of the uncertainty that the Omicron virus can actually introduce. So I think that's going to be a very judicious move, perhaps second half of the year, whereby uh, interest rate rise is on the cards for South, for some of the Southeast Asian countries. We're still speaking to Mr. James Cho, the Chief Investment Officer for Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth and getting his outlook for on across the ASEAN for the regional economies and regional markets. Now, for those outlooks, I do want to start off here in Singapore, James, which stands out among the mostly emerging market profile of Southeast Asia. And a lot still depends on the reopening of this externally driven economy as well. What are your expectations now for Singapore markets heading into 2022? Well, we think that Singapore uh, as an economy can still continue to do well in 2022. But of course, the, the pace of growth might not be as strong compared to 2021, in which Singapore benefited from that V-shaped recovery globally. But I think as we enter into a mid-cycle, it's only natural to expect a slower growth, but yet still positive. So I think we, we continue to hold uh, an overweight position in Singapore equities. We think that some of the Singapore banks, some of the REITs, and uh, some of the consumption companies can actually continue to deliver uh, solid earnings in 2022. All right. Now, in terms of the rest of the region, though, in Southeast Asia, and, I'm sure the, and the markets can be rather different, actually, when you look across the ASEAN. Which one, James, in your estimates, might prove to have more upside and which might carry more questions and causes for concern when we take a look at the other economies and markets here? Well, generally, I think as Southeast Asia as a whole, we are bullish on Southeast Asia. In particular, uh, we think Indonesia looks interesting for 2022, really because on the back of very strong assumption and, of course, the rise of the digital economy within Indonesia. But also, I think the demand in terms of investments, foreign direct investment, and generally investment and infrastructure spending that was pent up over the last two years would likely to be unleashed in 2022. And I think that would be in sectors associated with the renewable energy sector and, of course, commodities such as nickel that, that fits into the whole electric ecosystem. So I think uh, Indonesia is one market that's very interesting, exciting for investors to consider, given that earnings momentum will be fairly strong, given that growth improvements is going to uh, show very strongly in 2022. Did any markets that might be causing you to pause a little bit more than others, though? Uh, well, I, I think generally uh, we have neutral setting on Malaysia, for example, but we are monitoring the situation really on the back that we think that the improvements have largely been priced in. But of course, a lot depends on the uncertainty associated with the Omicron. And of course, that's going to affect not just Malaysia's core, but of course, across the region. So we are monitoring developments. And of course, that's where we are watching out for it. And I think one sector that's of interest is, of course, 
tourism, how if we do get a full, whether we get a full V-shaped recovery or a kind of a start-stop pattern. So that's something that we are monitoring and watching out for. And of course, uh, we have been overweight on Thailand as a market. Uh, that's a market that we, we are monitoring the, the, the tourism situation. And of course, uh, whether uh, Omicron uh, situation, how it developed, pans out, might have a bearing on our overweight core there. All right. And James, finally, we end the year and as we head to the, into the year ahead, as we mentioned, more, perhaps more questions than answers actually for markets, which does prompt me to ask this question. I ask many strategists and investment officers like yourself, what are the biggest risks you're preparing for in the year ahead? And what are you advising clients to do to manage some of these risks? Well, I think the biggest risk for me is definitely how this new variant will evolve. And of course, how there will be new variants that will come on and how policymakers react to that in terms of bonds. So I think that's going to be the big uncertainty. And clearly, different policymakers will have different views of how they're going to cope with this new variant, whether it's in terms of living with the the pandemic or even uh, having a zero tolerance policy. And I think that would feed through into monetary policy and inflation. So I think those kind of relationship and cause and effect with other factors. And therefore, I think that whole uncertainty associated with Omicron is clearly uh, one of the biggest risks uh, for 2022. Indeed. Well, I'd like to thank James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer for Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth for joining us for the last Across the ASEAN episode of 2021 and helping us understand what they're monitoring in the year ahead. James, as always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to next time you can join us on the show. Meanwhile, stay safe, sir, and we hope you have a good end of 2021 and an easy transition into 2022. Well, thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.